Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, we got a rainy, stormy, uh, early morning here Saturday at uh, South Florida. Uh, I don't know where you're watching or where you're listening, but uh, it's pretty wet out there. That's uh, Usually I hear a lot of exaggeration by how these storms are going to be, but this is really a wet one, and uh, it was kind of exciting driving to the studio. They turned the elevators off, so I guess no one would get stuck in the elevator, but it was only on, we're only on the second floor for some of us. Some of us go to the third floor, but uh, here we are, and uh, another exciting day, uh, Saturday, I should say. Uh, we're all pumped up. We're ready to... Uh, uh, tell you how you can avoid being ripped off by your local car dealers. Uh, we're getting into an atmosphere and a culture today where people are becoming more and more sensitive about buying cars, uh, mainly because it's uh, it was always a chore, it was always a challenge, and of course, as you know, car prices are off the chart. Whether you want to buy a new, whether you want to buy used, luxury cars, uh, lower price cars, everything costs way more. Production's off. Supply is way down. Demand is way up. And here we are. It's a seller's uh, feeding frenzy. Car dealers are just getting fat and happy. And uh, the auto manufacturers, um, they, think about it. You can sell fewer cars and make more money. You don't have to work as hard because you don't have as much product to sell. But there seems to be no limit on the price. Car dealers are charging thousands, literally, Thousands of dollars, uh, ten thousand dollars. We we mystery shop dealers that are charging ten thousand dollars over a sticker. So what should you do? Well, you should listen to this show for as long as you can. We're on for two hours, and uh, uh, kind of uh, check us, check in and out if you can't stay with us for the full two hours, which we understand. And you can text us, or you can email us. Well, don't email us. We check the emails very last. You can email us, but uh, you can text us at 772-497-6530. That's our area code, 772-497-6530. But call us. That's our, that's our fun way to contact us. We, we uh, prioritize our telephone calls. And that telephone number, uh, if you can write it down, that'd be cool because you probably don't want to call us right this minute. If you do, call us. We prioritize. If you call on the audio phone, we call it 877-960-9960. That's area code 877-960-9960. Phone rings. Well, it doesn't ring in the studio here, but Nancy Stewart, my co-host, sitting just to my left, she's got a laptop right there in front of her, and that's a uh, that's where she sees the call. She sees your name and uh, knows you're waiting, and we try to. Stop whatever we're doing and get to those phone calls. 877-960-9960. We'd like to hear your opinion just about 
anything automotive. We'd like to hear what you think about the pricing situation. Unprecedented. I've been a car dealer since uh, late 1960s, if you can believe that. I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen, you know, back in the day, I mean, you know, three years ago, if a car dealer sold the car at MSRP, uh, he had a party. I mean, it was a high five, bonus to salesman. Hey, did you hear what happened? We sold Mrs. Jones a car at Sticker. Full pop. Full pop, that's right, full pop. A slam dunk, some of us call it. Today, you can't buy one that low priced. You got me. You can't find a car as low as MSRP. The dealers are marking it up. It's become the new, how much over MSRP do we sell it? They look at the MSRP and say, do we sell it for 3000 5000 10000 I mean, there are cases of these cars going for twenty, thirty thousand 30000 over MSRP. A um, lot of money out there in the uh, economy. The car dealers uh, got tired of go- saying, how low can we go? Exactly. <laughs> now it's how high can we fly? It's how high. And, and the money that is being made has made the automobile, automobile dealership so desirable. Now, this could be a good thing so desirable there are a lot of people saying i want a car dealership i mean what i'm doing now nobody can make as much money than if they have a car dealership and so they're buying up car dealerships there are people you know the the, the big the fat cats the guys they're richer uh, than car dealers the, the billion yeah the billionaires uh and the large auto groups are buying up and the price paid for uh car dealerships is off the chart it's twice as much as it was a couple of years ago I mean, think about it. I mean, the, the value uh, in terms of return on investment. So, it's dangerous out there, folks. My advice to you is don't buy a car. Yes, I'm a car dealer. Yes, I do have a car dealership, and I am in that business. But I've got my consumer hat on now. In fact, I found my hat. Actually, Who found it? My vigilante hat. <laughs> credit. Nancy credit found my hat. Thank you. And uh, that's a real knee slapper. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> And I'm going to uh, be a consumer advocate. I'm not a car dealer right now. I'm going to tell you don't buy a car. Used car or new car. If you wait, you can buy the car for a lot less. If you have to buy a car, then listen to the rest of the show, and we will give you all the tricks of the trade. Being a car dealer, I've been there. I started out doing it the wrong way. Uh, Bait-and-switch advertising, uh, deceptive uh, uh, sales practices, I mean, you know, get them in, uh, get them in a car, deliver the car, make as much money as you can on the financing, make as much money you can on the accessories you add to the car, throw those hidden fees in there. That uh, Dealers call them dealer fees when they're talking to each other. Whether we're talking to you, they call them everything they can think of, so you don't know what it really is, a hidden fee, electronic filing fee, uh, deal, dealer prep fee. Uh, administrative fee, tag agency fee. They got a million names for a hidden profit that they pop on after the advertised price, after the quoted price. So uh, listen, if you have to buy a car, if you don't have to buy a car, uh, relax, do something else, go to a movie uh, and wait wait a few months and check the prices. There's some good movies out there right now. There's some good movies out there, yeah. exactly. So, Let's see Doctor Strange. We have some other ways uh, to reach us and ways that you can uh, find us. Um, on uh, cyberspace that's facebook.com forward slash Earl on cars facebook.com forward slash Earl on cars and of course uh, YouTube youtube.com forward slash Earl on cars and our blog guess what that is www.earlonecars.com 
EarlOnCars.com, EarlOnCars.com. On uh, EarlOnCars.com, by the way, you don't even have to be here and uh, watch us. You can go back. We have all our shows archived. Uh, we have podcasts of the highlights of our shows. We'll be showing a podcast a little later uh, that uh, is particularly uh, appropriate. Uh, but you can see on YouTube, you can see advice on just about anything. We we take snippets of the shows where a customer calls or texts us or however they contact the show, and an issue comes up, and the issue gets answered by Rick Kearney or Nancy Stewart, Sue Stewart, or myself. We answer the question. And when it's a particularly interesting question, a particularly good answer, we snip it out, put it on a video on YouTube, and there's just a huge library out there. There's not a day goes by we don't get people thanking us for finding solutions to their automotive problems on our YouTube or the regular podcast or whatever. So here we are. Uh, I'm going to uh, go around the table here. I, I always get carried away about buying cars. I forget about repairing and maintaining cars, which is uh, especially today when I tell you don't buy a car. Well, if you don't buy a car, you better maintain it. And if you're going to maintain it or repair it to keep it, you got to know what you're doing. Rick Kearney, sitting to my right, can answer all those questions. You can't throw a curveball, a fastball, a spitball. You can't get it by Rick. He will knock it out of the park. Ask him what uh, your problem is. Diagnose it. Tell you about how much it's going to cost, uh, where you should take it, or can you do it yourself. If you can describe it to him, that'd be great. Even better, if you can find an audio clip, or if you have an audio clip already, or, or make one, or a video clip of the problem. There's nothing like seeing and hearing to allow a good diagnostician to give you the right answer. So, Rick Kearney, certified master diagnostic technician. This guy can solve your problems. Don't take it into the car dealer. Don't take it into the independent repair place. Don't go to, to uh, Pep Boys or Firestone or uh, Sears or wherever else they go. You get to your car fix. Goodyear. Uh, don't go there. Call Rick first and uh, text him. Uh, YouTube.com. If you go to YouTube.com forward slash rolling cars, Rick is monitoring that right now. And so you will be, he'll be, he'll, he'll know about it before I know about it. And uh, he'll wave at me and I'll say, hey, Rick, what is it? And then he will read your name and your post and answer your question. So, Rick Kearney. And then next to Rick is uh, Stu Stewart. He's my son, general manager of Earl Stewart Toyota. That's where, that's the dealership that we've had since 1975. And uh, so we're hands-on. That's the reason we we can give you better advice because we're out there in the real world, world selling cars, repairing cars, and maintaining cars, and we know what the competition's doing. I mean, even if we didn't do this show, we want to know what the competition's doing, and we really know what they're doing because mainly our mystery shopping report. Stu is the guy that uh, engineers that. He selects the mystery shopper. He designates the target. Uh, he, he he tells the mystery shopper what we're looking for, you know, depending. I mean, sometimes we're looking for, uh, well, whether they're going to uh, add hidden fees, whether they're going to have uh, crazy addendums, whether they're going to uh, tell you about a, uh, you know, recall. We haven't talked about recalls in a long time, long time. Can I buy a used car with a dangerous recall from a dealer and he won't even mention it to me? Uh, we found that answer many times. So 
Uh, we'll go to Rick, uh, then we'll go to Stu. And then, of course, Nancy Stewart, she's my co-host. She helped me uh, start this show uh, almost 20 years ago when we were only half an hour on a little radio station called Seaview. And we have uh, boomed and blossomed <coughs> into what we are today. <coughs> Two hours, and we've got a really good following. We've got a very great rating out there. And uh, we have people all over the country and the world listening to Earl on Cars. So I'll turn the mic over to Nancy Stewart, and she'll tell you about a very special offer. Very special. A no-strings-attached offer for you ladies. She is a female advocate, uh, uh, the best when it comes to buying a car. And so if you'll call the show and you haven't called the show before, she's got a doozy of a surprise. Nancy? Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Thank you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. And uh, may I remind you, as Earl did when he opened, uh, while have, have things changed, they have changed rapidly with respect to buying, leasing, maintaining your vehicle. Uh, in the past three years, the world is upside down. So buyer beware. And uh, in the automotive news, uh, to add to that, uh, on page 12, Weak fines do little to deter bad behavior. Crime and punishment doesn't always stay top in mind in a complex industry, but perhaps it should. I'm sure that you can probably use your imagination and know what the rest of the article reads. Anyway, buyer beware. Ladies, uh, this morning, as always, I have $50 for the first two new lady callers. And uh, did you consider before you went into the dealership or even began to shop for your car, uh, did you consider your lifestyle, uh, driving habits, uh, financial situation? Uh, narrowing down the search, it certainly helps and it gives you the edge when you walk into the dealership because you're well informed. So. $50 for the first two new lady callers this morning. Give me a call at 877-960-9960. And uh, for all you others, you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com. We're going to go straight to the phones where Howard's been holding. Good morning, Howard. All are fine after the uh, weather that we just had, and uh, I'm sure we're going to have uh, other bad weather. But we have to, you know, just uh, keep an upper lip and uh, live with it. Uh, I think I could stump Rick on this service. Uh, Rick, you ready? Absolutely. Okay. What service is not performed anymore, and the service writer will never tell you about? Uh, you, you, you used to be formed, uh, performed, let's say, 15 years ago. Uh, it's not a carburetor. It has nothing to do with carburetors. It, it's still on the car today. you know what service that is? Oh, I could probably name about 50, but um, there's EGR cleaning, uh, the positive crankcase valve. Yeah, you got um, it. No, the PCV it's valve. amazing. It is. You just hit it, yeah. the second one. Positive crankcase ventilation valves never checked, and uh, you hit the nail on the head. But why? Well, because they've changed the technology on those valves now, and they don't carbon up like they used to. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, basically, what these valves did is all the gases that would build up in the crankcase of the engine 
these valves would allow that gas to be very slowly released back into the intake system so the the vapors from the oil and any fuel vapors that would get past the rings would then be sent back into the engine to be burned through the uh, air intake system but PCV valves now have evolved to the point which they don't have the little moving ball in it anymore it's simply a venturi effect and it used to be they would were susceptible to carbon buildup and oil fouling and they would close up well they've changed the design enough now and they've designed the system to where it actually works the way it's supposed to work and they don't even need to be serviced anymore the gases flow through they go right burned into the engine and it's finally a system that works it's amazing in other words they it's there for the life of the car absolutely right? yep okay uh what other service uh, should be performed that is never performed at least, you know, every 20,000 miles. Uh, and, and because the service was not performed, because I didn't do it, uh, I had a problem. Uh, I was going to the Poconos, and Nancy knows where the Poconos are. I do. I'm in New York now, and I'm taking a trip to the Poconos. Hmm. And, um, yeah, uh, that's where the triangle is. <laughs> and anyway, I couldn't open my, my trunk. I grabbed the latch, I pressed on it, didn't open. Uh, I, I, I tried to press it at the beginning, where it first uh, could grab it, pushed it up, didn't happen. So I drove to the Poconos, and fortunately, uh, my son-in-law has a place there, and uh, he's very knowledgeable. And uh, what he did, he, he stuck his finger all the way to the, to the end of the latch, and was able to get it up, open the hood, and then what he had to do is uh, WD-40, sprayed it, you know, and then he said, put lithium grease on it, and then it'll never happen again. Yep. So uh, that's uh, that's what I did, and um, so but, but why why don't service writers say, um, to tell people, uh, we have to check the latches and, the, uh, you know, the hood latch and the hinges, door hinges and everything, never done am i correct well it's generally that's more of a northern thing south florida you know the environment down here is very different so a lot of the things that northern cars experience issues with we don't have those same issues uh once you lubricate a latch in south florida unless you live right near the ocean where you're getting that constant abuse of salt air spray i uh, they really don't have too many issues we it's almost non-existent for us to replace latches for doors or for the uh, hood or trunk what about that little spring uh, that little spring uh, that's in the, uh, in the latch does that ever have to be replaced very rarely okay okay so i live i live in the bluffs right near the ocean so that, that's why it probably affected me and uh, i only drive up to uh new york in uh, in may so the weather doesn't deal with me, but it's because I live next to the ocean, you're saying that I have this problem. Is that correct? Yeah, cars that live right near the salt water, uh, that, that salt air is very, very aggressively corrosive on the cars. And it seeps into different places, and uh, it can wreak havoc. Um, anyone that lives near the ocean, like, you know, Mr. Stewart lives pretty close to salt water, I always recommend keep your car in a garage where it's protected away from that salt air. 
But what I do when I uh, wash down my car, I spray the brakes. I, I, I give it a, a nice shot of water right in the brakes. Uh, yeah. Because I, I know a friend of mine never did that, and he had a big problem. Yep. Uh, and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. Just keep on top of it. Situation. Absolutely, Howard. You're sharing a lot of knowledge with uh, us Northerners, and sometimes we forget the environment we're in. Thank you so much for calling Earl Stewart on Cars. We uh, love hearing from you. Have a Thank wonderful, you, safe weekend. You too. Bye. Uh, we're going to go to Phil, and Phil is calling us from Jupiter. He, too, is a regular. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. I'm, I'm glad you all made it in with your Tesla this morning. Oh, thank you. <laughs> does, it, does that drive good in bad weather? Yeah, well, it's just, uh, it's, it performs as good as a combustion engine car. I, I don't have any problems with it at all. Okay, yeah, what I wanted to ask you is, I got a 2017 Prius, and this is probably a Rick question. Uh, every, when, I, when, I, when, when it's cold and I push the start button, and have my foot in the brake, sometimes I'll hear a little squeal noise. And then it'll go away. And then it might not do it for a couple of days, and then it'll do it again. It's so, Rick, would you have any think what this may be? Well, Stu says you have a mouse. No, squeal. Sorry, Squeal noise. Let's see. 2017, <laughs> so you do not have the electric parking brake. Um, what you might actually be hearing is the electric motor for the steering wheel lock. If you're hearing it right inside near the steering column, if it sounds like it's coming from the dash in that area, it may uh -huh. be if your steering wheel has gotten in the lock position. You know how uh, when you park a car, if you turn your wheel, it'll you know it'll lock the wheel. If it's uh -huh. up against the lock and kind of tight, got a little tension on it. When the electric motor releases that steering wheel lock, it may make a little bit of noise. You know, Phil, uh, uh, this is Earl. Uh, one thing you, you might do to save yourself a trip is take your smartphone, put it on record, record <coughs> that noise, uh, send it to uh, Rick Kearney or wherever you want to have the car repaired, and uh, they can diagnose it on the phone. It, it, it's so cool now. We, we have that ability now to capture the exact noise instead of have to describe it. Describing a noise, a lot is lost in the translation. Oh, you mean call in and not, and not even go down there, but call in? And yeah, well, you, you can just call the service department and say, I have a, a problem with my car. I have a noise. I'd like to send uh, an audio clip if you let your technician look to listen to it. Uh, uh, and it's something serious, I'd like to bring it in. If it's n nothing to worry about, then it'll save me a trip. That's a fantastic yeah, idea. Yeah, I didn't even know y'all did anything like that. That's, that's a great idea. And video, uh, also, sometimes you have things that you're looking at. You know, we, we human beings aren't always really good at describing, and people that you're describing it to are, aren't good at interpreting. <laughs> so, so when two people are talking to each other, you'd be surprised the misdiagnosis we get. But if you see it or you hear it, 99% uh, of the time you get an accurate diagnosis. Well, I, well, I guarantee you, it, it could work. It, it could be every day I ha it happens. But mm -hmm. the minute I've come into a dealer... It won't do it. It's just so freaky the way that happens. I'll send it to yep. Rick. Yeah, Rick, uh, Rick can uh, give his email address, and uh, you could email it to him. Oh, okay. It's, right. uh, what is his email? Rick K R I C K K 
at estoyota.com. Estoyota.com. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, listen, I really appreciate that. I never thought I'd do anything like that. So. Oh, you're welcome, Phil. We're living in okay. uh, the Thank 21st you. century. Technology is at our fingertips, making it a lot easier for you. Thank you so much for the call. Okay. Thank you. Have a great weekend. We're going to go to Tony, who's calling from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Tony. Tony, we got you out there. Okay, while we're holding for Tony, I want to uh, remind everyone that you can subscribe to Earl Stewart on Cars podcast using any of the following podcast apps from your iPhone or your Android. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud app. Take advantage of that also. Our number again is 877-960-9960. You can text us. 772-497-6530. Don't forget, ladies, give us a call. Say hi. Win yourself $50. First two new lady callers, $50. Take advantage. We're going to back to we're going to go back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, when Howard was on the phone, uh, I thought of uh, uh, something I've mentioned often on the show. And that is the low maintenance requirements of today's vehicles. I mean, we're headed almost to a zero maintenance level when we hit electric vehicles and autonomous electric vehicles in the future. But uh, a lot of us, uh, you know, my age and, 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 you know, people that grew up with uh, normal cars, I mean, you know, where you had uh, uh, the carburetors and you had the, all the things that had to be watched and taken care of, the maintenance was very high and the items that you had to uh, fix. Uh, you heard Rick earlier in the show, if you were tuned in, talk about the PCV valve. Well, you don't have to touch it anymore. Used to be, it was a regular maintenance item. Now, if you haven't read your owner's manual, and that applies to virtually everybody listening, including me, I don't read owner's manuals, but you should read your owner's manual when it comes to maintenance and repair. I'm gonna finish my train of thought because I think we have a caller and Nancy will introduce him. Yes, I will. Hi, John. John's calling us from Palm City. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you guys for venturing out in this rough weather today. We're so happy that you're here to educate us. Thank you. I have some questions for Rick. We already started the hurricane season, and for an automobile in Florida especially, that's kept outside, not in a garage, not in a carport. Probably a carport is not recommended, especially if it's a metal carport, and the metal can deteriorate and go on the car. But for Rick, I want to ask him a question. It's recommended if the car is outdoors and a hurricane is forecast, what about setting the emergency brake? Is that a good idea or not? Yeah, it can't hurt. Okay. What about a second thing is to take a waterproof, the cover on the outside is a waste, but open up the hood and take in a waterproof cover and cover the entire engine area. Would that be a good suggestion also? I don't see where it would even be necessary. Pretty much everything under the hood is as waterproofed as it needs to be uh, to, for anything except for if you were actually driving and went into deep water. <laughs> yeah, the top of it's waterproof, the bottom. Right. <laughs> Every, uh, un, unless you actually had water come up so deep into the car that it was literally up to dashboard level, and at that point, uh, putting anything over top of that engine is, is not going to help it. 
Uh, so, you know, Probably if you're in a flood situation like that, uh, there's really nothing you're going to do except to park the car on the highest point of ground you can. In other words, today's ignition system is completely waterproof that you don't have to worry about covering anything on the road. Oh, yeah. They're completely sealed up. <clears throat> okay. If there are any other suggestions that you could say offhand that will help people that have their cars outdoors yes. in a hurricane? Yes. Other than afterwards, uh, waxing it. You have to have wax on it because even though you're not on the ocean, the hurricane winds have salt automatically yep. in it. But can you suggest anything else to protect the car? Yeah, the absolute number one thing, all those cans of gasoline that you fill up for your generator and then you wind up suddenly not needing them, if you, unless you have made absolutely certain that those cans have been stored in a protected, well-ventilated area that there's no chance of contamination, don't pour it in your gas tank. If you think those fuel cans might have gotten contaminated by water or something else, don't put it in your engine. Because you pour that in your car and you could wind up with a cost of thousands of dollars getting that situation fixed if say one of those cans has got a bunch of water in it. So when you fill up those fuel cans, if you don't use it, use it for your lawnmower or something like that. But uh, if it gets contaminated, don't put it in your car. Very good suggestion. Just for a minute, can I take out time out to mention the Stewart family's favorite automobiles, other than the Tesla, which is current? On Monday was a show. It's on Monday, Fox Business, Cars We Love. Nancy Stewart should sit down for this one. <laughs> what did they feature? People were looked all over the country for a 65 Plymouth Barracuda. I know, I knew it was coming. for their dad, because their dad's in car business, and it's a car he used to own. And it was a very interesting, I even got educated. I didn't know the Barracuda had a velvet interior in it when it was new. It must have wow. been an option. And then the second thing is velvet. Earl's 57 Pontiac, which is his first brand-new car, oh. very rare automobile. That was on there? In, in uh, April, there was two of them for sale with Bonneville convertible with fuel injection, oh. and there was only 30 of them made. So oh, I just boy. want to mention a little nostalgia. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> we feel warm and fuzzy. Thank you so much, John. Thanks, John. You feel as fuzzy as that velvet All in right, barracuda. Guys, thank you again for coming out today. <laughs> Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Our phone number here is 877. You're a real comedian, too. Did you have velvet in yours? <laughs> Probably 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and uh, please any questions anything at all Rick it, Rick has plenty up yeah. there on his PC well we've got one anyways from uh, Darwin Tenorio says good morning I'm shopping for a minivan after my wife got into an accident and totaled her car been shopping around Georgia where I'm, where I'm from, and other states, but all of them are asking from $5,000 markup. I just need some help. Hmm. Well, it's, uh, if you heard my introduction, my live introduction, I said don't buy a car today. Don't buy a car in this market. Uh, I think you can probably do better than the $5,000 markup. Uh, you, you can let your fingers do your walking for you on a keyboard, smartphone, and just get online and start looking around. Uh, you're going to have to uh, really nail the person down. If you order the car, if you can wait to order the car, 
uh, you can get a better price. If the car is in stock, uh, that's really going to be a battle to get them down. But uh, even at today's market, uh, one beauty that you have is be able to shop far many more dealers of that make. And, you, you know, uh, how, how many do you want to shop? Uh, if you want to shop uh, Toyota dealers, there's there's uh, 1,300 Toyota dealers. Um, li- you could literally shop 1,300 Toyota dealers. If you did it online, you could probably do it in a couple days. So you have the luxury of being able to go out and get the lowest price. Um, True Car is a good source because they give you a bell curve of the actual transaction prices on cars. But take your time. Instead of 10000 you maybe you'll buy it for 6000 You're still going to get hosed in today's market. That's my answer. Uh, uh, do we have any phone calls? Uh, we do not. Stu, do we well, have let, any let me, let me continue my train of thought here just quickly on this, uh, on this maintenance thing. Sure. My point being early caller Howard about the fact that uh, PCV valves and they don't have to be maintained or checked anymore. Uh, know your owner's manual. Uh, let if you don't read anything else in your owner's manual, and I don't. I mean, I'm, you know, I know you don't either. Find the required maintenance. Look at the required maintenance that your manufacturer of your automobile said should be done, and that's all you want to do. You'll be amazed at how little it is. The amount of maintenance on a new car today, uh, for the first three years, is almost negligible. And so, I mean, I'm talking a few hundred dollars, maybe. So. Car dealers can't live on that, so when you go into a car dealership or you go into an independent mechanic, they need to make money. And today's cars don't afford them that opportunity, so they make up stuff. Like, they might even tell you to have your PCV valve service, and you don't need to have your PCV valve. Or maybe your transmission fluid changed, or maybe uh, a flush. They come up with some very creative things that they sell you that you don't need. If it's not on your owner's manual recommended list, don't pay for it. Great information. Rick? As a matter of fact, uh, Kirk in West by God, Virginia, has come, he says, uh, in the future, as we move to EVs, electric vehicles, relatively maintenance-free, how does the dealership stay viable? If you assume dealerships get 70% plus of their income stream comes from the service department, how does the change to stay profitable? And he finishes off with YAA. Oh. Well, YAA, uh, that's right. Uh, they're going to rent out their service departments for parties and events, <laughs> like weddings. No, the, the truth of the matter is, in fact, I was interviewed at, uh, by uh, CNBC a week ago, and that was really the focus of the article or the uh, piece that they're going to do, um, is uh, what's the future of the auto- retail automobile dealership? And simply speaking, we are, the future is very nil. I mean, uh, I'm, a, I'm a car dealer. We're a family dealership. Uh, my sons are in the business, my wife, uh, and there are even grandchildren out there. But the fact of the matter is the grandchildren won't be in the car business because there will not be retail automobile dealerships as we know them today. Likely, and I know the dealers hate me for saying this, likely manufacturers will be going direct selling just like Tesla does, like Elon Musk, the hated uh, Elon Musk. The manufacturers don't like him, the dealers don't like him, the only people that love him are his buyers, his owners, and um, he's making them an incredible success of a whole new concept, not just in electric cars, but in the way they're retailed. So 
the future for automobile dealers is very bleak. Some interesting um, information that I learned uh, this weekend or this week. Five years ago, the world experienced peaked internal combustion en- engines. That it, the, as far as the um, production of them, the sales of them, it was the highest it ever was five years ago. And <clears throat> electric vehicles have increased in percentage ever, in, a, in a sense. It's still a small percentage, but if yeah. you look at the graph, it's pretty striking. You see uh, gas engines peak about five years ago, and then the, uh, on the bar graph, you see the electric vehicles getting bigger and bigger. And... Um, this year, we're attaining another milestone, and that is when the world's f- fleet of vehicles um, has, will peak with, with gas cars. So slowly, because right now, the, sales, uh, the fleet lags sales. So as uh, cars get destroyed and all that, um, right now the world has, has seen an increasing amount of electric cars and a decreasing amount of gas cars in existence. Interesting. Yeah. And that trend will continue in perpetuity until there's yeah, none. Rick no just mentioned yeah. to me before the show started yeah, that, that uh, in San Francisco today, you can get an autonomous taxi yep. without a driver. Yep. And you can you can you fly into San Francisco, and I guess you get on your smartphone, and you, you hit the right app, and... Uh, and a driverless vehicle pulls up, yeah. you hop in the back seat and you say, uh, take me to a, a CVS or wherever you want to go. And yeah. the charging information that yeah. you shared yeah. with us this morning, it's just all totally amazing. Take me to the nearest bar. All right. The, the <laughs> world take is me to changing. All the bars. It, it definitely all the bars. is. In San Francisco, yeah. they've been used to for years seeing um, autonomous cars because it's right there near Silicon Valley. So they test all the, yeah. they're all testing them in San Francisco, but they've always had a driver um, near in, you know, on, on hand in case something yeah. went wrong. And now yeah. this is going to be like, I mean, the, this think is of all you heavy drinkers out there in San Francisco. Think this is, this is Nirvana. Well, I mean, you could have done it with a driver yeah, you, with you, taxi too. You can, be, you can be drunk and get to get in the cab, get drunker and get back in the cab and come home right. safely. Without, are, yeah. are they allowed to throw up No. in the cab? Any, I don't know. Any throwing up? <laughs> in Chicago, there are signs uh, for there's a vomit fee in the Is taxi it? cab. There yeah, you go. Yeah, we're a there are blind junk feeds <laughs> all over the place. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, take advantage of <laughs> your anonymous feedback.com. And uh, we're going to go to Marty, who's holding. He calls us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Hey, good morning. I have a question for uh, either Earl or Stu. Uh, my wife's uh, Honda CRV, which is a lease, it has a buyout price at the end of the lease. And on every, contra- on every monthly statement it comes, it has a buyout, which of course includes how much we still owe monthly plus the buyout. But it doesn't say anything like if you want to buy it that you'd have to go to the dealer. So I don't understand if, if if all leases are written that way, why would anybody go to the dealer and then get charged all these excess fees if you can go directly to the to the finance company? Because the finance company is in collusion with the dealer, and they want to send the car. They they want to send the but customers back to some the dealer. Fin- but some leasing companies want to do it, and other leasing companies don't want to do it, and it's a is a um, really mixed bag out there. You're you're in control if you want to be firm about what you want to do. There's a there's a, a couple of lawyers in South Florida. I've given their names and numbers right. out a couple of times. Uh, the, you, you might have to hire a lawyer to be able to deal directly with a leasing company and not have the added fees uh, slipped in there because the the laws are not being enforced. The 
lease contract is a is in 1976 there was a I think truth in leasing I can't remember the name of it but there is a law on the books in leasing that says the option price must be the price no more than the option price than when you buy, exercise that option there cannot be anything added to that well it's a law but you try to get that honored in uh, Florida and most other places uh, the dealers are so used to getting away with screwing you on this thing that you can't do it but that's uh, um, in the case of Toyota you can deal directly with Toyota leasing uh, at least southeast Toyota leasing uh, whereas if you go through I'm gonna guess Honda leasing Honda will send you to a Honda dealer and the Honda dealer will add as you said Marty as much as they want to the purchase option price which is a violation of the law then you got to call the lawyer yeah well on the statement they just tell you that you send the check directly to uh, the American Honda finance so that's what I'm wondering if you're sending that right to them unless they give you a different price when you're getting ready to do it I mean I still got two years left I don't think American Honda would dare do that they're too big a target the dealers are are small uh, relatively speaking and uh, uh, nobody gets excited about suing uh, uh, Charlie's uh, Buick uh, or something a small dealership but uh, American Honda uh, dealers will I mean uh, lawyers would love to get a good class action suit against them and if they were taking advantage of their leasing cup uh, customers first of all there'd be a huge number of Honda's leased and Honda's is, is worth billions of dollars and the lawyers would go out to them so the big guys usually are pretty careful publicly traded companies especially but the dealers uh, they get away with it all right well I got two years to worry about it so we'll, <laughs> see if, uh, we'll see if uh, Hey, Marty, normal. Yeah. let us know as you get closer to the end of the lease and you start getting correspondence from the leasing from Honda, I guess it's Honda American Credit, um, let us know what, they're, what the offers are saying. Let's see if they're, if, look for things if they offer uh, to let you buy it directly from them or if they instruct you to go to the dealer. Um, I'd be really curious to see what, what Honda does in this situation. All right. Well, I'll be, I listen every week, so uh, in April of 2024, I'll let you You'll be there. Thanks, Marty. <laughs> Thanks so much, Marty. We love hearing from you. Thank you. The same to you. Uh, Ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Uh, Take advantage of that uh, during uh, our radio show this morning. Um, Everyone needs an extra $50. $50 for the first two new lady callers. 877-960-9960. We're going to go to our first lady caller her name is tiffany and she's calling from lake worth welcome tiffany good morning good morning you've just won yourself fifty dollars thank you thank you for calling earl stewart on cars how can we help you i had a question um my father just got into an accident in my car and i'm curious um how they go about making the decision whether they total the car out or whether they fix it also if they do pay me out how do they decide how much they're going to pay do they pay the book value or how much i owe and then the other um the other thing was that i the airbags didn't go off in the car so now i'm kind of nervous if they do fix it um 
Yeah, that's you know, a concern. That's be an issue. Yeah, so. Tiffany, uh, the, the first part of your question, the, the, the rule of thumb is seven. It's not the rule of thumb. I think it's the actual rule. Seventy-five percent. If, uh, the, if the car is damaged by 75% of its replacement value, then it's a total. Yeah. Um, it varies by state, too. Yeah. yeah. So it varies from state to state, too, inform me, which I no surprise. Uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of things that your dad ought to be worried about. Uh, sometimes um, they don't total a car when it should be, and uh, you having the car totaled when it's almost totaled is uh, preferable. Because that way, they're required to buy you a car uh, and uh, reimburse you to replace that car uh, and, and the value. The, the, right now, the, the cost is very high to replace a car, but that's the insurance company's problem, not yours. If, if they don't total the car, uh, then that means that you're going to have a car that's repaired extensively. And when you have a car that's repaired extensively, that negatively affects its ultimate resale value. So if it's close to a total, if you feel that your dad's car should be total, it's, it was really whacked, then get a second or third opinion to be sure that you can't get a um, qualified estimator to say that car should be total, and then insist on that with your insurance company, even if you have to hire an attorney. Here's a here's a good, good point. Um, they said uh, as far as I looked it up in Florida, it's 80 percent of, oh, of the actual cash value of the vehicle immediately before the accident. Oh, 80 percent. Mm. Well, thanks, too. Fantastic. So, uh, so get get uh, get another opinion if there, if you're worried if it if you know it's not a total and that's not a problem. But if you think it should be a total, and they say no. That's when you want to start shopping around. And 80 percent, Stu just. Uh, corrected me. It's. Uh, I thought it was seventy-five. Yeah, I guess it varies from state to state. Maybe it changed in the state of Florida. It could have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and is it, uh, Tiffany, is a real concern, you know, for your dad, I, I understand. And, uh, you know, the long-term depreciation, um, safety, uh, so many things to take into consideration. It's uh, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. I, I have an interesting thought. I want to, Earl, what you think about this. Right now, used car values are, are inflated at crazy high levels. Um, you know the cost of repairs have have not caught up with the you know, the cost of price. So if you have a actual cash value immediately before the ac of the accident at a incredibly inf you know it was three thousand more than it was a year ago. I think I know where you're going. Yeah, you're eighty percent. You're not. They're not going to total the car. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're going to follow that logic or if they're going to say, well, used car prices are inflated. We're not going to do 80% yeah. of the actual cash value. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, that's, a, that's a very good point. Yeah, I, you, you gotta, the there, answer is either way, you've got to be careful and get a second or third absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. That second opinion is um, really key, uh, especially in the environment that we're living in right now and with inventory shortages, with everything, if the car has to be repaired. And, uh, I know which way. I know what direction I would go in, but uh, that's me. So, Tiffany, um, is there any other questions? I mean, that was it. I just, I am nervous. I am sure. still nervous if they do fix it, like with the airbag issue. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big concern. Yeah, well, they, 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 they are required to uh, replace the airbag uh, for a complete repair. So, yes, if the airbag went off, which sounds like it did, then they have to put a new airbag, which which adds to the hugely to the repair cost and pushes it toward the total. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you a lot of times uh, in, in an accident when the airbag goes off is probably what most of the cost of the repair is just putting the airbag back in. 
It can be because oh, of the Tiffany, number of airbags. Tiffany, did you say that the airbags uh, all went off? No, they didn't go they, off. Yeah, oh, didn't that's what off. I thought you said. Yeah, okay. it, they did yeah. not go off. Well, yeah. that, 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 that probably leads me to believe it's not going to be total if the airbag didn't go off. Yeah, as I said, Tiffany, there's a lot of uh, if ands, and buts here that need to be figured out. And key, that second opinion, boy, I'd go for it. And I will, because I, I have a small car, and I was hit by an 18-wheeler. Oh, my gosh. It's my car, but my dad was driving it. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Is everybody okay? Yeah, that... Yeah, yeah, everybody's fine. Um, he spun out a few times, and there's damage to oh, the driver's side. All up, you know, the front to the back, but... Yeah. The airbag should have definitely come out. So yeah, something's, uh, something's off there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, Tiffany, um, please uh, stay in touch with us. Let us know how it all went. And uh, congratulations again for your uh, winning $50. And thank you so much for calling Earl Stewart on Cars. Spread the word. Let the ladies know that we're building a platform here. It's really important. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Stay in touch. 877. The same to you. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. Okay. Okay, kids. Where are we going? Yeah, I got some texts. <clears throat> All right. Anne Marie has her uh, our kickoff text for the day. Says she says good morning. It appears that South Florida will likely be hit by a tropical storm. I think that's happening right now. Uh, <laughs> that could dump up to a foot of rain before it exits the East Coast. Uh, this might be a good time to consider running an episode of the best of Earl on cars, so you don't have to drive in the rain. Nope. Memory, as you have already surmised, we ventured out. Were you out there for the international sunrise? Uh, did you Did you see us out there? <laughs> Were you out there? Of course. I, yeah. I was. Okay. Or <laughs> was on the beach. I was in the backyard. All right. Was there a sun? <laughs> no. Um, Only I mean, you. Anyway, cars. Emery goes on. She has a serious a serious topic. She says cars and floodwaters are not a good combination. And I got a text uh, alert during the show that we have a flood warning. Um, uh, cars sink, please turn around, don't drown. <clears throat> but there are those who insist on driving in the flooded areas. That prompts the following questions. Uh, these are great questions. I've read them. <laughs> Your dealership has a collision center body shop. Uh, what's the worst repa- repairable flood damage in a vehicle that you've ever encountered? And the second question is the one I like. Which models are most frequently brought in after floods? Is it Corollas that don't think the puddle was that deep, or maybe Forerunners that just had to test the waters? Please stay, stay safe. And before Rick answers, because he deals with these, I'm going to say this: the smaller, the lower the car is to the, the ground, the more likely it's going to have a problem. But our question was, what's the most expensive? I would say uh, the the most expensive vehicle was the most expensive because once you blow an engine, yeah, you're, you're talking about replacing. That's the danger, right? Yeah. The whole engine goes. Yeah, for sure. But she says more than ones are brought in most frequently. Oh, most frequently. frequently. Oh, yeah. Well, there, I rescued my brother Josh during a hurricane about 20 years ago. Yeah. I was driving a Forerunner. He was in a Camry, and his car was well, in a... Well, the ones that said lower to the ground are <laughs> yeah. the ones that go first, right? Well, there, there's actually two types of flood cars. One is the car was sitting there, and the water right, came up to yeah, it. Accumulated. And it filled the car up from just from that rain. It Josh. was in a low yeah, spot. that's what happened to Josh. And the water came up into the car. If the water... The, the rule of thumb that I've heard from adjusters in the past was that if the water level inside the car, and you'll actually see like grass marks where yeah. you, you can see where the, the high weed, water the mark lines. <laughs> it's the high water yeah, line. Yeah. And if it got 
to yeah. the bottom of the dashboard, they pretty much decided at that point, <laughs> you're almost totaled. <laughs> because you've got so much water in the car that you've gotten the electronics and the computer systems so you're pretty much it's done like, it's like dropping your phone in the ocean and, right and, and, and then a word of advice to people that are dealing with their insurance companies they bought a car and it has flood uh, they think they might have flood damage sometimes you don't know about the flood damage for months or maybe a year I mean there's there's subtle damages to a car from water that don't materialize you could buy the car today it's been on a flood drives like a million bucks for two months and then yeah. suddenly so issues start popping yeah. up now the other type of flood car is the one where they drove into the water thinking I can make it through that or say they were smart and they were doing the proper way which this it happened to a friend of mine he was stuck he had only one way to get to his house he went into the water nice and super slow like you're supposed to and some guy in a big four by four went the other oh, direction man. at high speed and swamped him. huge wave of water swamped my buddy's car and it the water <sighs> got sucked into the like engine and it blew guy. up the engine yeah so this happens at and actually, it is against the law to travel any more than idle speed and through water in any vehicle. So even these guys with the big trucks, oh, they're the law. slow down. He's probably, probably rolling cold. I've got, yeah. a, I got a really great tip Thank you, just Rick. from That's my experience a, driving into the studio tip. this morning. Slow Here's down. A tip. Here's a tip for all you drivers during heavy rains and floods. Find a fool on the road that's running through the puddles. And uh, oh, and, and they, you can see, see. Sometimes you can't see the puddle. I mean, you know, particularly at, at night. Oh yeah, they help you out. So so if you get behind a fool, uh, you can see he hits the puddle, and you go over to the right. And he knocks the a lot of water out of the way. Yeah, too. knocks the water out. Of, yeah, yep. yeah. I followed the Kia for about five miles in, and it made it saved me a lot of he time. He was running interference for you. He was running interference. So <laughs> find a fool that likes to run through deep water and follow and go the other way. There you go. Smart That's a great maneuver. Tip. Yeah. Mama mia. I like the Okay, folks. <laughs> We're going to wrap this up. As I ventured into the state of Florida, I learned very quickly to put my park my car in, or I should say, on high ground. Yep. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. The ladies are lined up, and I am just bubbling here. Thank you so much, ladies. We're going to go to Julie first, and Nicole, please hold on. Julie, welcome. Welcome back. Hi, thank you. Um, I had a question that's car-related, and that is towing cars. Um, I had what I thought was my a dead battery, and um, I called up a towing company, and I told them that, you know, I had the electric brake on the Corolla, and they to bring a dolly, and they said, "Oh, I can use sliders, so you don't just have to put your car in neutral." So I said, "All right." Well, when they came there, um, I said, "Can you just try and start the car?" And it started right up. Um, you know, when he jump started it. So I said, "Oh, I'll just drive to the dealership because I was like 20 miles away. I was up in Juno." And he said, "Oh, you can't do that because it's your alternator." And I said, "How do you know it's my alternator huh. versus my battery?" And um, he shows me this thing, like he'd use that machine with the grips on it. He said, it was a 6, now it's a 14. And um, I said, well, what would happen if I drove it? And he said, it would probably die a few miles from here. Now, um, it was strange to me because I'd had it jump-started that morning, and I drove 20 miles on that one charge. 
So anyway, I get to the dealership and I tell them what the tow truck driver thought that it was the alternator. And um, they test things. They say, oh, your alternator's fine. It's the battery. And yep. in the meantime, I had to pay $100 to have it towed. So how could you tell if it's one versus the other? Very well, I bet that made you feel simple. good, Jolie. There's, there's a simple way. Once the engine is started and it's running, mm-hmm. look on the dash and you'll see a little red. If this red indicator that's in the shape of a battery is lit mm-hmm. up, then that means the alternator is not charging. If the alternator is charging properly, that battery light will be off. If all those indicator lights are off and your car is running, then Mm -hmm. 99.9% chance all it is is the battery. Drive to the uh, the dealership or your local mechanic or auto parts store Mm -hmm. and have them test the battery, and they'll Mm double-check the alternator. Most of the new testers will do a very quick check on it. But mm-hmm. the tow truck driver didn't want to lose his commission on the tow. Julie, what was the name of the tow, tow truck, uh, truck company? Can you tell us? Um, I can't tell you yet because I haven't gotten a receipt from them. They couldn't give me a receipt at the time. Yeah. But it was up in, I was up in the Juneau area. It wasn't AAA or something like that. No, I went yeah. through AAA. And, and they. the funny thing is I go through AAA and... Um, the first person I get, a, it was, uh, let's say it was ABC Towing. I get a call from this other company, and I said, who are you? I thought it was the other company. They're like, they declined it, and I'm thinking, that's weird. Oh, I don't know if I told did I tell you that, um, you know, I told him we needed a dolly, and he goes, oh, I can use sliders instead. It doesn't have to be put in neutral. Have you ever heard of sliders? Yeah. Because okay. it never got to that point since I was able to, you know, he was able to start the car. Yeah, it's, it's. It's the sliders are actually they'll they'll jack up the car and put the little uh, pieces under the wheels, but it's really not the best thing to do. And mm-hmm. the the really the best option is to use uh, those little wheels just so they can get it up onto a flatbed tow truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, any more flatbed tow trucks are the way that any car needs to be towed if it's got to go mm-hmm. any distance. But once the engine starts and you've got electrical power then your parking brake turns off anyways, so you're all set with right. it. I think you, sh- yeah. you should get your 100 bucks back. I'd, I'd, I'd file a complaint, call the you know, to call the towing company and just say you misinformed me, and I want my money right. back for the tow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Earl's absolutely right. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that you probably, well, baffled everyone with your extreme knowledge, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you can I use that to your advantage by getting your money back. Nothing yeah. like um, knowledge. It is extremely powerful. Yeah. And one other thing, um, when I'd gone to get my, um, you know, I had to get my car jump-started twice. Um, and I will tell you, you should go to somebody who's construction-related, because when I got it jump-started that morning, a guy from a pool company started immediately. Um, that afternoon, I was at my office up in Juneau, and um, this guy in a BMW said he'd help me, but he didn't know where the bat- his battery was. And I told him, oh, I have family members with BMWs, it's in the trunk. So I thought, <laughs> I don't want him helping me. So then this other guy, um, I said, do you know how to jumpstart a car? And he goes, I'll Google it. I didn't want him touching my car. I finally found a man who knew what he was doing, but I said, you know, this morning they repositioned the grip, and it started pouring, so I just thanked him, and that's when, you know, um, I had it done the next morning. And... Um, you know, I don't personally know how to jumpstart a car. I learned, and actually, somebody gave me one of those machines, so I've got to um, charge it. 
but um, I did feel like I was taken advantage of since he had to know it wasn't the alternator. Sure, definitely, most definitely. Uh, Julie, a great call. I, uh, I would love for you to stay in touch with us. Give us a call again. Let us know how okay. it all turned out. Like I said earlier, uh, knowledge is power. And you had, well, you had it all in your hands and you shared it with uh, the people that were saying they were going to help you. But indeed, yes. they weren't. Okay, stay dry. Bye-bye. Thanks, Julie. Have a great weekend. We're going to go to Nicole, who is our first, um, our second new female caller. Good morning, Nicole. Thank you for waiting. Hi, good morning. My question for you is, what does it mean when you have a rebuilt title on your car? It basically means that the car was totaled by way of a flood, an accident, or whatever, uh, it was purchased from a salvage yard or a salvage company and somebody repaired the car enough that they could get a new title issued on the car and bear in mind it might have been repaired back to near perfection but it might also have only been repaired just enough to get the car back on the road okay so uh, would you consider that safe to buy and or drive only if you have it inspected by a, a very highly qualified mechanic who can really go over it and make sure everything is in excellent condition. And Nicole, even if it is inspected carefully, even if it is was put back together again very well, uh, it's still going to have that uh, handicap of having that uh, rebuilt title. And that, that seriously affects the resale value. Um, we, normally when you see that a car has been in a flood or it's been totaled, it's been rebuilt, or any of these drastic things that appear on the title, the buyer is scared away. So you're, if you buy the car and it reflects the huge re reduction in cost, then you're breaking even. But if you pay for the car as if it didn't have the rebuilt title, even though it might be a great car, you're going to have that handicap when you resell it or trade it in. It's be sure that you're getting the compensation for that for that handicap title. Gotcha. Okay. Now, Nicole, um, I, I want to congratulate you. You did win yourself $50 this morning. And I also want to let you know that, uh, you know, I don't know with this uh, situation with this car you're talking about, whether it's, uh, you know, something you're going to save money. But in the long run, a depreciation, boy, it comes back and, well, bites you. So uh, definitely get that car checked out. Okay, great. Thank you for all the information. Give us, yes, give us uh, your information and I'll get that check out to you. Okay, great. Have a great weekend. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to John who's been holding in Stewart. Good morning, John. Yes, uh, I have a question. I called like two or, like two or three weeks ago. And uh, I got this Mercedes-Benz, and I talked to Rick, or, yeah, and Mercedes-Benz 230C, and it has all kinds of problems. So we changed, I changed the uh, coils, and the spark plugs, everything. I took it back, and they all fouled out. So I took it, this guy's really good. He, he put in uh, two cam shaft adjusters, put in new plugs. I drove it home. Next day, I drove it around the block, and I just jumping and jerking and everything else so I called him back and so he said that this is what he did he did a diagnostic check the light was on for the camshaft adjustment codes 
keep the valve out plugs, you reset the, the plugs, or you put in new plugs and cam magnets. The vehicle still has a cam phasing issue, and he re- referred me to the Mercedes-Benz dealership. So I don't know what to do, because the car's in perfect condition as far as, like, aesthetically, you know, cosmetically. The paint job's great. I put in new tires. I put in new struts. I did all this stuff, but I don't, I, I need some advice. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I can't sell it because it's jumping and jerking and stuff. And I, what would you guys do? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's 2003. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Mercedes is one, European cars really not my forte. I just, I've, I've okay. never really learned much about them. Um, my first step I would go online and look for uh, Mercedes car owner forums here in the local area or local to you and find, because there's there's forums for like uh, fan clubs for every model of car. I mean, even for Yugos nowadays. And there will be a group out there, and I'm sure a group local to you, that absolutely love their Mercedes to an incredible extent. And I guarantee at least one of them has got a, a mechanic in their back pocket that they know that knows these things inside and out. And that's where I would go to get my uh, recommendation for a Mercedes mechanic, uh, whether independent or uh, a dealership if need be. Uh, but that's that's the direction I would follow is I would find Mercedes owners and see who they take their cars to and you find you find their recommendation, and I guarantee you're going to get probably the top-notch guy. Okay, so you try to spend put some more money in because I thought of I thought about I did this to my Toyota Corolla, and I blew up the engine, and so I got got one from like those online things and put it in, and it worked really good. But I was talking about that, and the guy at the, at the auto auto part or at the cars place, he said. And he said, I wouldn't do that because you get into all kinds of problems and stuff. And so that'd be about $3,000 to do that. And I don't want to put that much money in the car. Hmm. Right. It just, uh, un- until I had it diagnosed and knew what was going on with the car, I-, I would look at it very carefully simply because the cost of replacing, trying to get a different car right now, there's just yeah. almost <laughs> nothing available out there unless you're going to spend a fortune on it. Yeah, so, and I don't want to do that. And, and the guy did, he, he did that, and he said that it, that it needs this, uh me his camcast phasing thing, phasing thing, but he said the tool for him to do that cost $1,000. And he said he doesn't, because he only works on two of these these cars at all, you know, in his whole time. Right. And so he said he, he just couldn't buy one. I understood that, and I Googled it, and the guy was doing the same thing that he talked about. And he, when he got done with the tool, he put it in this nice box, his case and everything, and put it aside. So that's what I'll do then, Rick. I'll, I'll get on one of those uh, uh, auto clubs or something for Mercedes-Benz. So that's it, I guess. Okay. Well, thanks so much, John. Stay in touch. Let us know how it all turned out for you. Have a great weekend. Okay. I, okay you, you guys as well. Bye. Hey, 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530, and we're uh, going to go out to Atlanta, where Justin is holding. Good morning, Justin. Good morning. Welcome. 
How are you, folks? It's uh, it's a good day. I actually met you guys in uh, 2010 at JMC, and huh. Stu helped me out in 21 with a, a four-runner uh, off-road premium. How you doing, but Justin? Fantastic. Hey, man, I'm, I'm the Clyde Meg guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question for Rick, though, about KDSS. I was wondering. It's been about a year now. I usually don't get a warranty. Um, especially on Toyota because they're so reliable. But I was wondering what he saw long-term history with KDSS suspension. I'm loving it on the road and off-road. I'm actually up in Asheville, North Carolina right now. I'll be back in uh, July. But I just wanted to get Rick's opinion on it because I was doing some research and I figured there's nobody that knows better than him. Well, it's interesting because they put that system onto a lot of the forerunners and I think even a few Sequoias and maybe some Land Cruisers, uh, KDSS is basically it's a, a computer-controlled suspension leveling system. It, it's a fancy suspension system on the Forerunners. Um, truthfully, I think we actually repaired one. Out of all of them that we've ever seen, I think we had one Forerunner that had an issue with the KDSS system. They... From that, I, I would have to say they've been pretty bulletproof. They're, they've been good systems. So pretty much like everything else Toyota makes, and I'm not going to worry about it. I was just sitting here listening. I told Stu I listen every morning, and I usually do, but I was sitting here watching it this morning, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask Rick Wall here. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. Now, More I, don't have, need to now do that. I don't even worry about it. So. That's thanks right. a lot. I appreciate you. See, no problem. Great See the effect you have on people? Uh, thanks for your dedication, yep. Justin. Feel so much Justin. Better now. <laughs> Thank well, you. Thanks, Justin. You're welcome. Have a great weekend. Uh, we are. I think we're going to take care of some YouTubes and some uh, texts. The lines are oh, good. clear. I don't know. If you, I have a visual aid. Uh, Negan texted us. I'm sorry, Rick. He's my friend now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Negan says... Um, here I was thinking of the energy crisis in the 1970s. I was very young, seven years old. I remember the President Carter bumper stickers. What does Earl remember from those times, um, and, um, and are we heading there again? Gas jumped 60 cents in Arizona. I'll tell you what I remember about the 70s. I remember a picture, a Time magazine cover, and there was a picture of Gerald Ford and Jimmy Carter, and, and, and my dad pointing at Jimmy Carter saying, He's bad, and Gerald for he's good. <laughs> he was trying to turn me into a Republican when I was like seven years old. But yeah. I do rem- I remember the gas lines. Yeah, I, uh, one of the things I do remember is uh, is uh, we we had the Mazdas at the time. I had a Mazda dealership, and the rotary engine was a phenomenon. It was uh, exciting to talk about, and uh, you know, it looked like it was really going to make a big uh, big hit. And the problem uh, with the uh, rotary engine other than the seal which failed uh, after a few maybe 20,000 miles and you had to replace the engine as uh, if that wasn't enough the fuel mileage was terrible so uh, here we're trying to sell Mazas, uh, rotary engine Mazas and we're doing the gas crisis and uh, the, the gas, gasoline lines and I can remember trying to get a reasonable amount of fuel economy on a, on a Mazda driving on 995 uh, the way we measured fuel economy back in the dark ages we would take a bottle of gas and we would run the gas into the uh, into the carburetor or in the case of a, of a rotary engine no carburetor but wherever we ran it and and I would get on 95 try to drive the steady pace so I could say the Mazda really got 18 miles to gallon when it really got eight miles to gallon. Oh, wow. And the other thing I can remember is uh, 
writing a letter, uh, open letter, uh, like the current version of my blog, to the uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Association, blasting them for getting all upset about gas mileage, and gas mileage really wasn't important. I mean, you know, you're trying to spin it. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're making a big deal about the fact these cars only get 12 miles a gallon. What's wrong with that? Right. I mean, that's an American. That's right. <laughs> American cars are supposed to be good, good gas miles. Uh, yeah, I, those are my memories of the 70s. I'll tell you, yeah. here's my memory of 70s, and it's like yesterday. Tough times, real tough times. Raising three daughters, I'll tell you what. Standing in line, gas prices everything that you can remember about the 70s there were some great times but uh you know right now we're in a a quandary i guess you might call it uh, a a crazy crazy time but um it helps to think back and uh you know it just helps to settle past is prologue yes exactly absolutely as a matter of fact donovan has uh, just come in he came in with a question a few uh, minutes ago says, now that we're just a few cents away from $5 gasoline, although I think now it's a few cents over $5 in some places, Yes. Mm-hmm. have you seen a drop in the value of large vehicles to get poor mileage No. or seen more interest in the smaller or hybrid vehicles? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Prices are not coming down, yeah. and there is more interest in hybrid Hybrid. Big problem, nobody can get them. <laughs> Everybody but wants the, a hybrid. But those big SUVs are still selling like crazy. Yeah. I, th- I, think there is, I think there is a little, <clears throat> there, there's been some discussion about it. And what Stu's saying, uh, uh, we're not experiencing it in our dealership. Right. But uh, there is a, uh, a worrisome de- a decrease, a minuscule decrease in demand for heavy uh, gas guzzlers. Yeah. And uh, we it just uh, so far it isn't material, but it, that's because supply. Yeah, because yeah. the supply can't keep up. Yeah, but it's definitely a lower demand. But yeah. it's the supply is so small that you, you can't see it. Um, this is a text from Bob. Rick, this is for you. Speaking of fuel, I have a tw- 2008 Prius. <clears throat> Once in a while, every few weeks, the fuel gauge will be on one bar. And for people who don't have a Prius, the fuel gauge is a series of little LED light bars. Um, so one bar means you're almost out. Uh, so he says the fuel gauge will be on one bar when we first start the car, but the, there's more gas in the car. For example, last time this happened, I went to the gas station, and it only took four gallons. I've tried turning the car off and on back on, rebooting the car, smart, um, when it happens, but it doesn't fix it. Any ideas on this? And this is, he says, it's periodic every few weeks. Yep. Yep. You're not going to like it. Uh-oh. You need a new fuel tank. Mm. Tank? Tank. Wow. Uh, we've seen on that second-gen Prius, which is 2004 to 2009 body style, Yeah, um, that was the one that had the infamous bladder in the tank system. Oh, yeah. Uh, the tank was a heavy-duty ABS plastic on the outside, and then there's a, a flexible bladder inside, which was designed to help reduce uh, fuel vaporization. It, yeah. it didn't let the gas evaporate inside because it would the bladder would shrink down yeah. to leave less airspace as you use the fuel out from the tank. Unfortunately, that particular system was designed as a single piece unit. It's not serviceable. Uh, you cannot replace any portion of So the bladder is an expanding to, to right. fully fill. And it's it's the system inside with the bladder itself and the sensors inside that include your fuel level sensor. And in order to fix that, you've got to replace the entire Can tank. Can you get a used tank? 
You can, but the odds are it may be having the same issue. What's because the cost of the repair? As they get older, they get much more expensive. Uh, I I couldn't even give you a guess on the price of the tank itself right now because I haven't done one in quite a while. No. Um, Labor-wise, you're going to be looking at about 450 to $500 So you're talking $1,000 probably. Well, actually, the that tank price might be as much as fifteen hundred to two thousand right now. The so your answer is forget about it. Yeah. Drive it. Yeah, I, I would simply drive it. Yeah. Yeah. Keep track of your mileage. And when you trade it in, don't tell the dealer about it. Yeah. Except yeah, Bob, tell me what your last. He would, he please text tell, me your last name. He Bob. wouldn't tell you about it if you were selling it to you. Exactly. So don't tell him but, but, about but it. But we would. So Bob, yeah. let me know your, text me your last name. So when you buy the car, <laughs> I know which, what your trade is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, you might just uh, or put in an order now for another car because it's going to take a while if you want to replace. No, it. that's a classic case if you don't fix something on on. You know, for, I started to say when you're when you're driving an older car. In this case here, your older car's worth a ton of money but uh, all cars are worth a ton of money so but yeah drive it and then uh, very inconvenient anytime that you see that tank if it suddenly says oh you've only got one bar fill it up go ahead and stop and fill it up just yeah. be on the safe side you there no, no I had no, no idea that something like that would be that expensive uh, and I know you guess, but yeah. your guess is far yeah. better than yeah. anybody else's so you're talking about three thousand dollars uh, on an old car, you're just crazy to spend that kind yeah. of money. And it's it's not, unless you forget to put fuel in at that point, yeah. it's not a breakdown issue. It's not yeah. something that will leave you stranded. Yeah. You just have to be more mindful yeah. of your fuel usage exactly. and keep your fuel topped off. Well, you talk about prices going up. How about the fuel tank? Hmm. Oh, it's outrageous, I mean, some please, of the things. I mean, it's just uh, like you suggested, keep an eye on the tank. All right, let's go to D in West Palm Beach. He uh, sent us a text here. Uh, he says, Hurricane Irene in 1999 flooded our parking area with ro water rising about two-thirds the height of our Nissan's tires entering the interior. By the way, it was Hurricane Irene in 1999 when I rescued Josh in the flood. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, entering the interior. Both our car and the neighbor's uh, car were totaled due uh, to damaged electronics. They wouldn't start. Um, his question is, are newer cars, uh, and he specifies Toyotas, designed with higher placement of electronics? And he seems to recall the Nissan's electrical components were under the Nissan's passenger seat. So that's his question. And that's from D in West Palm Beach. A lot of components are much higher under the dash now. And as a matter of fact, one of the common changes I've seen on Toyotas lately is the engine computer is now located out under the hood and is completely... Weatherproofed. Okay. Um, however, there are other electrical components, such as uh, the airbag center sensor, which is the airbag computer, is generally very low in the car, and certain other items, the the electronic components, are still low in the car. So, unfortunately, flood issues can still be a very real danger to your car. If you think the area that we may, you know, like especially today. Park your car somewhere as high as you can get it. Get the highest point of land that you can get to and park your car up somewhere like that. And again, folks, if you see Mount standing Everest. water, Mount Everest, right? very, very slow. Go slow and easy. And if you don't know for sure how deep it is, stay out of it. Yeah. I remember that we had a, an FRS came into the shop. This is years ago, and I think he worked on it. Maybe he did. Maybe it was Bobby. And somebody drove it into a puddle during one of these days mm -hmm. like this. And it shut down. It was a was it engine lock or hydro lock. And yep. he tried to claim that it didn't happen that way. But we had the computer record. We saw that the temperature of the engine went from like 
250 to 70 degrees in one second. So yep. he drove it into the water. <laughs> you know, um, with all the information that we put out about flood, flooding, you know, the, the, uh, how many people did we see this morning? I'm talking about our own, uh, this morning on the road. I mean, zooming through this deep, deep water. Uh, it's just they're not listeners of the show that i can tell you that much that's that's why we need to continue the show (laughs) and it's really it it, it's just uh, so easy i mean how costly will it be we talked about the fuel tank i mean uh, there's there's a way to get around all of this put your thinking cap on when you get on the road oh as a matter of fact uh donovan you got an interesting line of information here says a third party tank which is an outside uh, producer an aftermarket part third party tank for that Prius is about $950 and a Toyota factory tank is $1800 online uh, I'll tell you something folks yeah uh, OEM parts uh, unless you're talking about crash parts which are very important to be OEM but if you're talking about non-crash parts if you can find a good aftermarket uh, OEM they get all the money they charge the dealer too much and the dealer charges you too much take care of that car and a little side note here a lot of times on parts you can find the part made by the same manufacturer it's the identical part that the factory gets to sell to toyota to put on that car you can find it at an outside source mm-hmm. for half to two-thirds the price yeah, it's, you know, there's, one day there'll be a huge investigation of this whole auto parts uh, thing there's a, there's so much going on behind the scenes it just makes me crazy when I when I think about it. so I imagine uh, you're building um, bumpers and you're in uh, Taiwan and uh, uh, Ford is buying your bumpers and you're putting a stamp on them and I'm not saying they do this I'm saying as an example and they call it a Ford this is a Ford bumper and then Ford marks it up a huge amount of money sells the same bumper to somebody else and they don't call it a Ford bumper, but it's the exact same bumper, and and you can buy it for half the price. So you got to know what you're doing, but you can get a huge bargain by looking at aftermarket parts. A similar situation, an air conditioning compressor from Toyota made by Nippendenzo might cost fifteen hundred dollars, and you can get the identical AC compressor made by Nippendenzo from say Worldpack or another source mm-hmm. for about four hundred dollars. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, and it's the identical part. They are made right from the same factory. Both of them, one might have come off the line one right after the other. One went on a truck to Toyota. The other went on a truck to the other distributor. Do you think Toyota dealers are buying those those uh, aftermarket con- uh, compressors? Condenser. We actually quite often will buy from an outside source Let me finish, and sell it to the customer at a reduced price. And marking them up to the same price that Toyota has a suggested retail. I guarantee some places do that. Yeah, See absolutely. Folks? I mean, uh, it, it, you, you can't win. If you're a consumer and you're buying parts, or you're buying cars, you're going to a poker game, and if you look around the table and you don't know who the sucker is, that means you're the sucker. So when you're dealing with automotive parts or automotives, you gotta be careful. They screw you on the parts, they screw you on the parts, on the cars, and uh, it's, uh, it's a dangerous game yep. to be played. Okay, right. where are we? I got a text. We got text. Got a text from Bob. He says, good morning. When I purchased my 2017, you're gonna like this one, Dad. When I purchased my 2017 Sienna, it came with Toy Guard paint protection. Whoa. How long does that last, and can it be reapplied? Um, 
in the old days, Torgard, I used to think Torgard was a little bottle because they came with a little can of paint sealer in the um, and like addition, extra paint sealer in the glove compartment. That didn't, they don't do that anymore. Uh, listen, they, they they put on some kind of sealant on the paint that's supposed to protect against uh, salt and harsh um, climate. Um, and they warranty it against premature weathering and stuff like that for, I think, three years. So that would be the official answer. We don't believe in it. Uh, we don't think it's really anything that it doesn't. There's some other parts to our guard. There's some car rental and roadside assistance that have some value, but the least valuable, the least part of toy guard is that paint sealant and the fabric sealant and they spray something on there I and mean, they really do uh, but how I, do you I, know because uh, i trust i trust them to be honest <laughs> but i don't i mean i don't think you could put two cars side by side and say the toy guard one fared better you know in time yeah, the, deal, yeah, the not, dealer cost on toy guard is about 250 dollars yep. uh the, the they sell it to you for 700 dollars and i don't know what Southeast Toyota costs them. Uh, I, if you want, if you, if you know a Toyota service manager uh, that you can talk to man to man or woman to woman or whatever the case may be, ask the Toyota service manager how many warranty claims have ever been paid that he knows of in his career by Toyota on a Toyota Guard right. warranty. Now, I think I've seen other, like there's other like fabric sealer things where I've seen um, things paid. But on the exterior paint, I don't uh, think I've, so. I've never. I've, I've no, I don't seen, think it's Toyogard. I think there's like some yeah. other product. Or I don't. Time I, don't Fire think, Guard I don't think there's ever been a claim paid on Toyogard. Yeah. So that's uh, my my opinion. But let's pursue that and see if we can just fi- try and well, get that Mark, data. Mark has never seen one. No, I'm saying maybe maybe uh, some of our friends up in Toyota could help us get okay, that information. Okay, we can do that. Another yeah. investigation. Yeah. A future of investigations. Right. Got time it's, for another text? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. We got plenty of time. Okay. And go ahead, Stu. All right. This is a, from a concerned grandma. Uh, she says, "Your professional opinion is sincerely appreciated. I gave my two thousand and three Toyota Forerunner to my daughter, who lives in Kissimmee, Florida. After my husband passed, my granddaughter will be driving the Toyota to her high school and then to college next spring. I need a reliable and highly recommended technician in business in the Kissimmee area." And folks out of the state, that's near Orlando, um, in the Kissimmee area to diagnose issues that must need to be repaired to the forerunner. My daughter also has a Toyota Tundra. Therefore, please recommend the best in the area. Also, if you have a Vigilante recommendation in the Kissimmee area, please provide ASAP. Thank you, concerned grandma. On the Vigilante thing, we don't have anybody in the Orlando or Kissimmee area, but we have several down here in South Florida. It's not that far. So um, if you go to earlsvigilantes.com, um, and look up. I'm sure you know a phone call. Uh, they'd be willing to help. I know they're chomping at the bit. And you want to look for an ASE certified. ASE certified in as many different specialties as you can. You can have you know a, a guy like Rick. Rick Rick Kearney is certified in all ASE. I can never remember what ASE stands for. So. The Society for Automotive Service Excellence. Okay, Automotive Service Excellence. Uh, Rick Rick Kearney is qualified in all the different areas. There's got to be half a dozen. I don't know what they got. But transmissions, air conditioning, uh, blah, 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 blah. There's, uh, there's not nine of them right nine. now for automobiles. So find an ASA certified technician in Kissimmee that is qualified in as many areas as possible, especially the area of your concern if you're bringing your car in. Yeah, and unfortunately, we don't personally know. Um, you know we're not that far away, but I don't know of any facility a dealership or independent place that they personally could you know i could endorse i don't know anybody up there i don't think anybody don't, in here does either um 
We have a uh, text from Dog Walker Dave for Rick. Says jumping cars used to have to be performed in a specific sequence. Is it still the case with newer cars? Uh, technically, yes. You should connect the positive sides first, and then the negative sides because the negative cables are less likely to throw a spark, and batteries still can produce hydrogen gas from them, and a little spark can start a fire. Okay, Rick, Rick, you're uh, mm. you're a mine of information, uh, Jonathan. How long would it take to queue up that video, that YouTube? Uh, uh, the reason I, uh, I'm thinking about Rick because he's answering so many questions today, and he's really been an extremely important part of the show. He always is. Uh, he's on YouTube on uh, YouTube, <laughs> and you can find uh, Rick uh, with all sorts of answers to technical questions. I ran across one. Actually, someone emailed me, thanked me uh, in an email for for uh, showing her something very important yeah. that she wasn't aware of. And we're going to show you that YouTube clip. And you can go to YouTube.com. Where do we go? Uh, Earl on Cars. Earl on Cars. Yeah, Earl on Cars. Yeah. Uh, all Rick stuff's there. Also, Earl Stewart, Toyota. Um, we get, I get comments, I'm not kidding, every single week because I get notified every time somebody comments on a video. And on several of Rick's videos, weekly, I get comments thanking for him for explaining how to unlock a steering wheel is the most uh, common one, squealing brakes. Yeah. It's crazy. They have millions of views now. Yep. We're like, well, this is a little unusual, and Jonathan's going to run that now. Okay? What an amazing journey with Rick, the irreplaceable Rick. Here we go. Now, I've got a little tip as long as we're talking about the uh, traffic light situation. Now, have you ever noticed that when you're coming up to a traffic light, the painted white lines in between the lanes change from a dotted line, uh, a broken line, to a solid line a certain distance from the traffic light itself? But are you also aware that if you are traveling at the posted speed limit, when your car reaches the beginning of that solid line, if the light turns yellow before you reach that solid line, they paint those lines a certain distance that you should be able to safely stop your car. So if you have not reached that point where the line turns solid and the traffic light turns yellow, that's your indication that you should stop and not continue through that light. If the light turns yellow after you've already reached that solid line, you should go ahead and look carefully and continue on through with caution when you see that solid line that's your indication that you should stop and not continue through that light you know i uh, never i never knew that rick's voice by the way it sounds like you hadn't even gone through puberty then like how how much yeah. younger were you then? honestly you don't sound like that today that one was years ago <laughs> but let me tell you I mean, I said, here's something i i never knew and now you know you can I learn all knew. sorts of cool stuff from that so i i it, just yeah yeah, I always thought it meant you can't change lanes that close. To the uh, lane. That's what I thought. Well, that, yeah. That's also the, the law is you're not supposed to yeah. cross a solid yeah. line. Right. Yeah. But that little indicator that, hey, that's where you should be looking at. I remember it, this, by the way. You know, slow down. You know, no, I remember that when you when yeah. the, I remember that show. And it that that's it's yeah. there to save lives. We're there in the other studio. Yeah. All right. Yep. I got some anonymous feedback, if you guys okay. want, it, want it. Sure. Um, this is really good. This is the kind of feedback that we, that we like. It says, hey, Earl Stewart, I was told about this video, and he's referring to a video. <clears throat> not, he doesn't have a video here, but I was told about this video from my GSM, and that's a general sales manager. So this is a, uh, a salesperson who was, who was writing this. Um, hey, Earl Stewart, I was told about this video from my GSM. I wanted to thank you 
uh, for what kind words you have said about my work. Um, I think it's awesome what you do out there and checking up on the live market we live in today. Also, um, thank, uh, thank you again from Ronald Colon at Mike Maroney Chevrolet. So when I saw this, I looked up the mystery shop. We didn't give him that great a mystery shop, but we gave, um, uh, we gave uh, Ronald um, a great, he was fantastic and polite and professional, and we, we described him as such, and um, the word got back to him from his, from his boss, uh-huh. and um, he appreciates that. So hey, we're happy to do it. Like we said, wow. when we do the mystery shopping report, we're not out there to get every, we're, yeah. we're out there just to report, and when a salesperson does a great job, even if the dealership doesn't, yeah. um, we, we make sure to say so. Yeah, and you salesmen are listening now, remember that. Just do a really honest, good job yeah. every time, and we'll write you up. We'll yeah, we, give you we a got, recommendation. We got tons give of listeners, and we, we recommend you. Yeah. So let's do it again. If you need a, 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 a Chevy, a Chevrolet, go to Mike Maroney Chevrolet, ask for Ronald Colon, and he will take care of you. Yeah, there what, you go. What's the location over there? Where is that dealership? I don't remember. Uh, that used to Okeechobee be Boulevard. Okeechobee Boulevard. It used to be oh. Roger Dean Chevrolet. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. The old Roger. All right. There we go. Thanks, Ronald. All right. Uh, here's a question uh, about ordering a Toyota. It says, if I order a Toyota with a specific model, color, and options in mind, is Toyota building that specific car for me? Or are you merely getting the next car that meets those specifications as part of your regu- allocation? Uh, correct. They are not building that car especially uh, for you. Um, it's a hard, hard, hard job to sort through all the cars that are allocated to us, matching them to the right color, equipping, uh, putting the right equipment on it, swapping it with another dealer. And I remember we're swapping VINs and not cars. Well, let's, let's, let's be yeah. sure to say that you you get the exact yes, car you ordered, but the process it doesn't is have Billy Brown's name no, on it. No. Uh, yeah. But there are enough orders, hopefully. Now, just there's a crazy, you know, that's the way my mind works. Yeah. Supposing they didn't have the particular car that Billy Brown ordered, uh, I guess they would build it for him. I've never heard it, if they if they will build a car with these options if they have the capability. Not it's, there's limits to it, so it, it has to be provided and offered by Toyota. So <clears throat> there might be an or, an, a car. So they might take the Toyota brochure and say, "I want this this green car, uh, this model with this package," and you just can't get it in the southeast. But they okay in yeah, the southeast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, as long as it's shown in a brochure, you should be able to, to order. I don't mean brochure online. We but we're we're anymore. an independent uh, distributorship right. in the southeast, and for the manufacturer. Uh, the car that you order, you're going to get it. It's going to take a while, hmm. and, and and maybe it doesn't have your name on it, but that combination It'll exists, yeah. and sooner or later it will reach yeah. you. And today you're looking six months. Yeah, and we yeah. have some other complicated options to try to yep. if there's something that's really hard to get, um, but everything's taking a long time. We're in a long wait: yep. six months, eight months, possibly yes. a year. Yeah, uh, probably longer than that. Um, how does Toyota Guard Platinum get on the Maroni labels? That's another great, this is anonymous feedback. And we were just talking about that. Uh, Southeast Toyota is an independent distributor for Toyota. When we, as a Toyota dealership, uh, interact with Toyota, we don't interact with Toyota Motors North America. We interact with Southeast Toyota. They're effectively the manufacturer for us. And so they have a deal um, with uh, Toyota, the manufacturer, Toyota Motors North America, and they can print the distributor options on the Monroney label. It's indicated as such. On the far left, it shows standard equipment. In the middle of the Monroney label, it shows the manufacturer's options. And on the far right, it shows distributor installed options. And that's where you'll find to uh, the Toyota. To the eye, it's just like you're buying it directly from Toyota. Yep. And uh, uh, Southeast Toyota began as a little bitty place back in the late 50s, early 60s. 
and uh, there were a bunch of gas stations selling Toyotas. When nobody heard of Toyota, they called it Toyota Pet back then. And Jim Moran bought the distributorship uh, for $100,000. And now wow. uh, his estate is worth multi-multi-billions wow. of dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, he actually caused Toyota to be what they are in the USA today. Uh, he taught them how to merchandise. He told them what kind of cars to build. Uh, he he is he he he's revered to this day, and he's been dead for 20 years. Amazing. Uh, he's revered by Toyota, and if he wants to have his label on the Moroni label, they'll, they'll do they'll do whatever Southeast Toyota wants. Uh, they without Southeast Toyota, they sell over 20 percent of the Toyotas in America. Exactly, they're amazing. Yeah. They, they, what a man! Yeah. What yeah. a legend! They definitely outpace Southeast Toyota when you look at the number of like the, the share of Toyota vehicles huh. in the market. It's yeah. much, it's, it's, it's higher significantly, not significantly, but it's, it's uh, and the dealers, higher. The dealers are typically more profitable, yeah. uh, even though they mark their cars up another thousand dollars on the average than the other uh, areas of the country. And we have some more Southeast Toyota questions on anonymous feedback. Oh boy. <laughs> Does the Toyota dealer decide whether or not to put on Toyota Care Platinum? Yes, uh, and, and we've covered this a lot. Salespeople probably don't even know this, but they tell you that it's on every Toyota, that you, ha you have to get it, but, but you don't. Um, good luck trying not to get it now, because dealership's gonna put whatever they want on the car and you don't have a whole lot of bargaining power. But um, in normal times, if yeah. you put up a It's a hugely fight, profitable yeah. to Southeast Toyota. It's hugely profitable to the dealer. It's hugely profitable to the salesman, the sales managers. The way they con they construct that, the cost of that are holdbacks and kickbacks and other uh, percentages and quotas, bonuses, so that if you, if you want to maximize your profit, you use Toyo Guard. And uh, even though in our we don't do it because we don't think it's a value to the customer, and so we don't put it on our cars. Uh, oftentimes we sell cars with Toyo Guard because we have to get the car from another dealer, and they come. Most dealers put all their Toyo Guard on all their cars. We don't do it because it's not a good value for our customers. That's right. We tried. We, tr we experimented with, with it once a couple of years ago. Yeah, we and, did. Uh, then we, then we, we sold it at our cost. Yeah. We figured because a lot of people were so brainwashed and to think Toyo Guard was a good thing, people would come in and say, "Well, does it have Toyo Guard?" And we said, well, let's, "Let's be able to say yes to that. We'll put Toyo Guard on the uh, and make Southeast Toyota happy." And we sold they it for loved, They loved us for three or four months, and we put it on every car. We sold it at what we paid for it about two hundred fifty dollars. Two fifty nine. Huh? Two fifty nine. Two fifty nine instead of seven six ninety nine, and uh, and we didn't like it though. It just didn't make it didn't make sense, and um, we went yeah. back and now we don't do it anymore. We we got tired of explaining it to our longer time customers like what like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, why are you <laughs> You've been railing at this yeah. for years. You lied to me. You lied. Eh, well, we tried something. So. Yeah. Great text this morning yep. and, and we're all uh, YouTube. Are we? Yeah. Okay, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it is time for us to go to the Mystery Shopping Report. And, of course, Agent Lightning did a fabulous job, as she always does. And uh, you're an important part of this show, and we would love to hear from you. Please vote on the Mystery Shopping Report. The Mystery Shopping Report is uh, Mercedes-Benz of North Palm Beach, and you're going to love it. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, Mercedes-Benz of North Palm Beach is interesting to me for a couple of reasons. Uh, they, uh, they, own, they own the Mercedes-Benz dealership in West Palm Beach also, 
And I think they own one in Del Rey, or is that owned by AutoNation? Uh, I don't think they own one in Del Rey. But they own both Mercedes dealerships in Palm Beach County then, or two of the three in Palm Beach County. Um, um, they, they come out of New Jersey area, I think. Uh, and when they opened the one in North Palm Beach, they didn't have a dealer fee. They didn't have a hidden fee. And that's, that's a six in my mind. Right. And they were the only other dealer. And I, I think, think they, dro- they started with one, and then around that time, they dropped it, yeah, all the did. dealers started they dropping it. They again. started with one, and then they dropped it, and they came back and did it again. So that's what sticks in my mind. Anyway, getting into the report, uh, I already said, yeah, we've shopped about every kind of car dealer during this unprecedented inventory situation, which has lasted well over a year now, whether at a small mom-and-pop shop or publicly owned mega dealers. Our investigations have uncovered the same thing. Huge markups over the manufacturer's suggested retail prices. Unprecedented. It hasn't been much different when we shopped luxury brand dealers in the last few months. It seems that the special treatment normally provided to luxury brand shoppers doesn't extend to pricing during a supply chain crisis. And actually, I understand that because, you know, the, the fat cats, uh, the, you know, the, the, the guys that'll pay anything for the best, you know what I'm talking about, they don't care whether Mercedes costs them 65000 or 70000 You know, I, you know. So is he sure? Not seventy. Oh, seventy thousand. I'll write you out a check. That's what happens. All three luxury dealerships we investigated this year charged over MSRP, some higher than others. Wallace Cadillac wanted five thousand over sticker. Uh, Brayman BMW tried to get sixty-five hundred. Tried to get. Only JM Lexus exhibited restraint and went just three ninety-nine over MSRP uh, plus a fifty-nine dollar e-filing fee, junk fee. And we still don't know why they did that, but they were the best. Uh, who cares if rich guys are getting ripped off? Well, yeah, people don't care. I mean, I, I you know, it's it's all a matter of percentages, and and you know, the the rich guys they don't care, and we don't care, no one really. But it's just the rich. It's not just rich folks who buy luxury cars. Now, uh, th- this reminds me that Tesla, as I said last week on the show, Tesla is the number one selling of luxury cars, seller of luxury cars in the United States. Probably the world. And the world, I believe you're right. In the world. And uh, so uh, they don't mark them up over MSRP. You can order a Tesla at MSRP. Now here's the irony. Tesla, Elon Musk, is making more money per car than anybody. Yeah. He's making, his markup is, I think is 23%. Uh, I, I think the average uh, dealer uh, manufacturer is making five or ten percent. Uh, it's just. Do you think he really needs to uh, charge a dealer fee? He's really actually he does pretty charge, bad off. He does charge a dealer fee. He screwed he's me living, with a dealer fee. He's living I, yeah. uh, hand to mouth. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I was really shocked. It was it's a small dealer fee. I think it was two hundred dollars. Hundred bucks. Hundred bucks, yeah. And a small dealer fee, but I couldn't believe it. You know. I'm, I'm buying this expensive you know, Tesla Plaid, and he's got a nickel and dime me with a hundred dollar dealer fee. Why? Two hundred. Why? Two hundred. Whatever. It? <laughs> whatever it was. I'm a rich guy. I don't care what. And they he hit it. <laughs> I don't care what they charge me. So who cares if rich guys are getting blah blah? And uh, the average purchase price for a new car in 2022 is forty six thousand. Hi, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Uh, yep. Uh, forty six thousand. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the average price of a car, uh, period. 
Lexus, Audi, Mercedes, BMW, Acura, all luxury brands have offerings uh, under $50,000. So when uh, Wallace Cadillac uh, price gouges, it's not just the fat gas feeling in everybody's, that's true. Also, high prices on new luxury cars trickle down to high prices on used car, uh, used luxury cars, affecting an even greater swath of customers. Finally, we keep uh, shopping luxury dealers because our listeners keep asking us to do it, and uh, we're nothing if not uh, responsive to our listeners. And I have to say, a lot of the listeners are semi-fat cats. I yeah. wouldn't say they're fat cats, so they're doing well. Yeah, they're, they're, they've they're, done well. They're retired, and yeah. they're and they're you know they're they're getting three meals a day. Uh, with that said, we turn our attention to Mercedes-Benz of North Palm Beach. The last time we were there was in January of 2019. It was a different world then, and our mission was different too. We uh, we we were there to see if Mercedes-Benz of North Palm Beach would sell our shopper a used car with a defective airbag, and uh, they did. They were willing to, and they did. This time, we're just trying to find out who can control themselves and be satisfied with MSRP. Report as if I were Agent Lightning. I arrived in morning and was promptly greeted by a young salesman named Malik, M-A-L-I-K. I think it's Malik. Malik? Malik. Malik. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asked me what brought me in. I said I wasn't 100% sure, but it had to be a hatchback or crossover with decent gas mileage. I had a GLS in mind, but I wanted to see what my salesman came up with. Malik, Malik, I'm sorry, Malik said he thought the GLS 450 was exactly uh, what I was looking for, and he walked me over to a model in the showroom. As he described the car and reviewed the features, I inspected the dealer supplemental price label affixed to the windshield, a.k.a. addendum label. It listed the MSRP as $90,455, and the market availability adjusted price was $105,455. That's a lot of cabbage. Uh-huh. $105,000. That's some coleslaw right there. To, 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 to drive to work and back. The Marini label was on the side when you uh, confirmed that the MSRP was $90,455. Um, Malik was extremely nice and professional. He asked me if I wanted any coffee or water. I declined, said then he offered me uh, to get the key so he could get the uh, GLS out of the showroom for a test drive. He was back in a minute with a key. He handed it to another person who drove it out of the showroom. You got to be careful taking these cars out of the showroom. Only trained professionals. Yeah, you really. Do this. I mean, it, it makes me nervous to even think about it. But we got good drivers to do that. He was back in a minute with a key. He handed it to another person who drove it out of the showroom. Funny, I flashback when you say that. Do you get? You feel the same way? I'm thinking of mayhem. You know, not just den den and fenders, but you know. <laughs> Scratches on the sides. You or get out libel the car. suits. People run over. Running over desks. Uh, yeah, I mean, now I've, I've driven past this dealership. They have a big showroom yeah. with a lot of cars on the inside, so it looks like it's easy to get in and out. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's not always though. Yeah, uh, Malik, Malik made great conversation on the drive. We we talked about the current state of the car business, even electric cars, which Malik thought were great, uh, but impractical for traveling. And again, I reflect back on salespeople. What is a great salesperson? A great salesperson is a nice person, a nice woman, a nice man. Uh, uh, you know a nice person when you're in Publix or where you're in Costco. When you meet somebody on the street, 
you get a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's the way they look, the way they walk, the way they talk, the way they treat you. And you folks out there, if you're a nice person, you would make a great salesperson. I, the parking attendant. I, I guess I wasn't nice enough. The valet parker downtown, <laughs> when Nancy and I go downtown, we use this valet parker down there. And I, I, I don't even know his name. And he's such a nice guy. I'm going to ask him if he wants to sell cars because he, I love the guy. And he smiles and makes me happy. He's makes an Nancy angel. Happy. I mean, you know, it's just a nice, and Malik is a nice person. He also said that the Mercedes availability was starting to improve a little. He said, as this continues, their prices will come down and they'll be able to do away with the market adjustments. It was just a matter of time. Okay. Malik said that the GLS was still very hard to get and that's why it's marked up $15,000 over MSRP. <laughs> So that's it, so hard to. Well, it's true. I mean, it's true. Know, I just, I just, I. It seems it's, it's so true. absurd. And, yeah, uh, it's just it's true, but absurd. I mean, but see, truth is, is is important, and Malik was truthful. Yes. Uh, I told him it's much better than the Napleton salesman that says, "Look, if you don't buy this car, right. you see that guy coming in. He's going to buy it. Someone will buy it. If you don't want to buy it, I'm going to sell it to. And, I like and, what and Malik, it'll cost more tomorrow. Yeah, I, I like what Malik says. You know, we got a lot of orders and only a few cars, and this is you know, $15,000 more. That's that's why. I told him, Mike, I'd like to see some numbers when we get back. We returned and found a desk. Blake gathered my info and entered, in, entered it into his computer. He suggested he could email the numbers to me because his GSM was off. General sales manager, that's the desk man also known as uh, today, and he seemed... Uh, seems to get a, a better number from him. Interesting to me that the manager's off. Tells me a little bit about well, the GSM. GSM, yeah, yeah but what, uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I, any manager typically in a dealership would give him the price, and the GSM was not there. Uh, yeah, I, I think he says he gets. It's this is not unusual in a car dealership. Man, that they have salespeople have their favorite managers. Yeah, the easier uh, manager, yeah. the nicer manager, yeah. the manager that's that's weaker that gives you know will fall you know will yeah that's very true. Will, will drop his pants. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he suggested he could email the numbers to me because his GSM was off, but that's unusual to email the numbers. A lot of car dealerships they don't want you to email the numbers. Yeah, they don't want they don't want to put it in writing. So. Uh, Things are looking interesting here. Malik agreed, said he'd be back shortly, return in four minutes with a worksheet. Uh, they went for the full Megillah, 105455 that was the adjusted market uh, price, plus 295 in taxable junk fees, I mean, which is also a hidden fee, uh, plus uh, 995 dock fee, that's a hidden junk fee. Mercedes-Benz of North Palm Beach wanted $16,290 over MSRP for this uh, 2022 GLS Mercedes 450. Malik explained that because of the rarity of this vehicle, the price was firm. I laughed and said he was so nice and so professional, but I can't imagine paying $16,000 over sticker, period. And Malik said he didn't blame me. I mean, that's empathy. Yeah, that's person. fake or otherwise. It's... It's, it's nice. Malik is just a nice guy. I stayed and uh, walked and talked to Malik for a while longer. I asked about hybrids, and he spoke highly of Toyotas. Uh, I told him I had, that's unusual, speaking highly of your competition. Mm -hmm. I told him I'd considered a hybrid Highlander. Malik said he had friends, used to have friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait till you hear the rest of this. Malik used to have friends, his <laughs> Southern 441 Toyota. 
and he could call to check their inventory. But instead, he suggested I go around the corner. Now, we're not making this up, nope. folks. And I, I blush when I say this. And I get nervous. And, and I got it. nervous about typing this. I know you wouldn't want to read it. I know you did. Stu, Stu knows that. Tell everybody how smart you are. <laughs> so, but Malik said he suggested I go around the corner to Earl Stewart Toyota because he's heard nothing but good things about them. He said Earl Stewart didn't have markup or dealer fees, which is true. Now, you know, I, I just, I hate to talk about this because, first of all, I'm slapping myself on the back. I'm telling, I'm telling the world that we don't charge over MSRP and we don't charge hidden fees. Our out-the-door price is our MSRP. I feel guilty about that because that's a lot of money. And we make a lot of profit in MSRP, but we don't make thousands more than that, which is what Mercedes of North Palm Beach is doing. And here we have Malik recommending Mystery Shopper to Earl Stewart Toyota. So it brings tears to my eyes. I can barely complete this uh, Mystery Shopping report. Earl I loves Malik. I have tears in my eyes. Malik walked me to my car under his umbrella. <laughs> Under his umbrella. <laughs> I told him when I did decide on a Benz, Mercedes Benz, I would certainly come back to see him. And she would. Yeah. And I would. And uh, I think a lot of people would. And isn't it ironic? And it was not. We did, sounds made up that Stu read a anonymous feedback about somebody else yeah. that talked about the fact that we're the only dealer that does not charge hidden fees or mark up their cars over MSRP. And here we have a competitive salesperson from a mystery shopping report confirming that fact. If I if I was listening to the show, I would think it was a setup and this is really an infomercial, but it's not. You gotta believe me. It's not. It's just a real world and the way it happened. Waiting for some grades to come in. Yes. Um, I'm inclined to give a C for Mercedes Benz of North Palm Beach and an A for Malik for his just yeah. being an awesome human being. Yeah. Um, I do have one coming in from Bob. Bob says F for Mercedes-Benz, North Palm Beach, but you should hire Malik. That's uh, I would uh, exactly, I would agree with yeah. that. All right, you got any grades coming in, in over there on YouTube, Rick? I've got, let's see here. Um, Mark Anderson originally gave him a D, and then he said revised to a B because of Malik. Hey. Ah. Tim Gilliland, they were straightforward but exorbitant market adjustment. The C over here, Kirk and by West by God, Virginia, truthful salesman, but 15K ADM and junk fees, A plus for recommending Earl, overall grade of C. Yep, Negan, C minus for nice, but no buy. No buy. That's <laughs> what I've got so far. All right, Dog Walker Dave, Malik gets an A, dealer gets a C, and Andrew on Facebook says high price, but clearly stated it's a B. All right. And what do you think? I want to give them the highest grade we've given them on Mercedes dealer. Uh, what would that would, be? Well, we don't have very many, but while yeah. you're thinking, I'll look it up. Because I, certainly, I certainly would recommend Malik, and I say uh, uh, the only problem is I'll, we'll probably try to hire Malik, so attention, you better give well, Malik it, a raise because we're after him. Well, it's not going to be hard to do. Here's the current grades. We only have two Mercedes um, dealers on the list. We have Mercedes-Benz of Delray. Um, it's a C-, and Mercedes-Benz of North Palm Beach is a C- that's currently. A, that's AutoNation, uh, by the way, in Delray. Okay. But the current currently, uh, North Palm Mercedes is on there with a C-, so we're going to improve it. Yeah. How well, much? I'd say uh, C+. C+. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, and I've got uh, Brian Sedlatko. I'm going to give him a C. Mark Ryan, A for the sales representative, F for the dealership. So issued grade of C plus. And let's see, uh, James Sheeman says, salesman was great. Didn't give a grade, but he says he liked Malik. Come look at you. So <laughs> uh, for me, I, I'm going to go ahead with, I'm going to say the C plus for the dealership because they at least had enough common sense to get a guy like Malik in there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, to your statement about the rich not caring, my question is, how did the rich get rich? Uh, but that answer might be for another show. Uh, for the dealership, I give them an F. And for the salesman, I give him an A++. Maybe I should start a recommend a list for salespeople. But the turnover is so great that uh, that might not be... Uh uh, worth the, the effort, but we we have had. I I, I remember uh, we had a deal a long time ago. We had an extraordinary salesperson in Delray. I think it was at a Chevrolet dealership, uh, which tells me that uh, the salesperson you talk to is very important. Uh, when you go into the car dealership, you're not happy with that salesperson if the chemistry isn't there. Uh, ask for another salesperson. I know most of you won't follow that advice. People are too polite, and you don't want to hurt somebody's feeling. But if you really want the best leverage you can, be sure to get a salesperson that you feel comfortable with. And if, if, if that's, that's true if you're a woman and you'd rather have a woman salesperson, or if you happen to be a Hispanic, you'd rather have a Spanish-speaking salesperson. Uh, but it also goes, if you feel, you know, you feel good about it. If, if he makes you feel good, uh, then you're, you're, you're likely to get a better... Yeah. You, you, you're less afraid to ask hard questions of someone that's not going to get smarter with it. Right. And, and don't feel too bad because usually if you switch salespeople, the salesperson that you left, it, it happens. It goes around and comes around. And typically a dealer will split the commission with the um, person who started off with. So there's something there for them. So you're not really hurting anybody's feelings. And the dealer wants to sell the car. The manager wants to sell the car. Yeah. So they'll cooperate with you to keep you there. Because if you imply you might not stay around. They don't care who you, see, who you buy the car from as long yeah, as you're buying it there. They'll, they'll, find, they'll pick out who you want. So uh, pick out who you want for a salesperson. Absolutely. More great advice. Okay. Where right. are we? We're going to wrap we have, it up? we got three minutes, and we're sitting there with nothing to do. <laughs> okay. Anybody, anybody got a deck of cards? I, I, I got some information. Here, listen. I was reading all sorts of automotive, not, not automotive news, but about the automotive industry. Uh, you hear about the um, IIHS crash tests for the uh, Jeeps, Jeep Wranglers? No. On the uh, offset crash test, they're flipping over again. That happened like 10 years ago. Uh, they mm. had like a... So uh, your favorite your favorite vehicle, the Jeep yeah. Wrangler, Dad, is uh, is flipping over <laughs> in the crash test. <laughs> those, those, those Jeeps look so good, and they and they're so exciting. And the way uh, they slide on the side is. I like anyway. it when they slide, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you are a great part of the show, and we enjoy your company. And uh, a special thank you to everyone here, our staff, who came in uh, during this uh, inclement, I'll call it, weather. And uh, everyone have a safe and wonderful weekend, and we'll be right back here Saturday morning.